Well, I'm delighted to be joined this morning by Ruth and Gwen Marion to talk about the recently concluded Bolton Breeding Bird Survey. Let's talk about what birds we have around here in eastern Connecticut. Thank you both for joining me this morning. Ruth, what exactly is the Bolton Breeding Bird Survey? Uh, it's something we actually made up. Um, I, live in, I live in Massachusetts, and I do breeding bird surveys for um, a big conservation group up here called the, the Trustees of Reservations. So what, what we did in Bolton is we used what I, what I learned doing breeding bird surveys in Massachusetts, and we applied it to um, um, a walk through, through the woods in Bolton to try and figure out what, what, birds, um, what birds are there during the summer months, and that would indicate that they're breeding there. And Gwen, how did you get involved in this? Did Ruth drag you into it, or was it vice versa? Oh, she dragged me into it, totally. <laughs> Not a bad thing, though, right? You had a good time? Oh, it was great. And it was a great way to get some volunteers from the Bolton Land Trust engaged, too. They were Some were expert birders, some were novice birders, but they all enjoyed uh, being out there, learning from Ruth, and um, being out on one of the Bolton Land Trust properties, which is, I, I believe, Wayne, you have walked near it. It's off the Hop River Trail in Bolton, and it's called the the Edith Toomey Preserve. So we we had a we had a two great walks. Yes, Gwen, I've walked by maybe a couple hundred times out there on my days out there in the area, not too far away from Bolton Notch. So, Ruth, why do we do this? Why do we need a breeding bird survey? That's a great question. Uh, we've always wanted to know how many uh, how many birds are are here are breeding and and you know also wintering as well. Uh, but breeding is particularly important right now. It's probably more important more than ever because we're we are losing birds. Uh, I read this this morning about it in preparation that since 1970, North America has lost about 30 percent of our birds. That turns out to be 3 billion birds. Why is that? Why is the bird population decreasing? There are, there are a bunch of different reasons on a large, on a global scale. One reason is called uh, habitat fragmentation. So a lot of birds will need a, a, a large area of forest or jungle or whatever to breed. So if there's logging or farming or mining or something like that, then that will disrupt it and it's not an, an, an um, inadequate habitat. Um, lots of birds during the migrate migration, which can be hundreds or, or thousands of miles, will migrate. Um, and what will happen is, if they're migrating at night and there are lights on in buildings, they'll go towards those. They'll go towards those buildings, um, and just crash into the windows. So there are things that people can do in great big commercial buildings, also in um, your own house. That there are window treatments that you can put up that will help that will help prevent birds from crashing into windows. And then things like keeping your, keeping your cats indoors and having native plants in the backyard. Um, so cats are a big, cats are a big problem. Um, not having enough uh, land is, is a big problem. Pesticide use, a bunch of things like that that all kind of add up together. That's quite a list. And how about adding to the list Canadian forest fire smoke? Is that a factor? 
you know, I think that's an absolutely fabulous thing to, to bring up, and we were we were thinking about that uh, about that recently. Many many birds breed, breed way up in the north, in northern Canada um, or Alaska. And I think it was just yesterday I was looking at. I wanted to see where the active fire fries were fire fires were in Canada, and it's like a line, a horizontal line across the country. So birds are just not going to fly into a cloud of smoke. It's not going to happen. So it's probably going to have a huge effect um, on breeding this year. One one example is I, I often talk to uh, birder friends who are out there brooding way more often than I am. They gave me an example of uh, a lot of the shorebirds that will uh, winter here, that will winter in northern Massachusetts where I live, and then they'll go up to Canada uh, to breed. So those birds have been around all summer instead of being up in Canada to breed. Do they try to go up and come back? Or did they not go in the first place? We don't know, but the fact is they're not going to breed this year, and we suspect a lot of it has to do with the Canadian wildfires. Wow. Gwen, what was your favorite part of the Bolton Breeding Bird Survey experience? Oh, I would have to say probably meeting the people there. <laughs> there was one guy who was particularly interesting, um, and I, I thought he his name was Ernie Harris. You might know him. And I thought he was interesting. He started birding when, when he retired. I asked him how he got so good because he was the best birder in the group. So I asked him how he got so good, and he said the day he the day after he retired, he went out and he sat on his porch for an hour in the morning. And he's been doing the same thing every day since. And that's how we have how we learned bird watching. All right. So how is the breeding bird survey done and how do you not count the same bird more than once? Yes. Great question. So um the way I do uh, breeding bird surveys in northern Massachusetts, which we apply to, to Bolton as well, it's called it's called a point count. So what we'll do is have uh points uh, um a certain length apart, so we'll we'll start with one point, and to do a count, you just sit there for five minutes, and you either count all the birds that you see or all the birds that you hear and see. So if you hear and if if you count the all the birds that you hear, you're going to have a lot more birds than than just counting birds that you see, because one is much more likely to to hear a bird um, than to see it. So we'll do a five minute five minute count count all the birds that we see in here, and then move far enough, and it's supposed to be designed so that you move far enough that you're not likely to run into the same birds. It most certainly can, it most certainly can happen. Um, but, that, but it's all in the design of the count. If it's designed well, you're probably not going to get a lot of overlap. Was there a highlight on the survey of a bird maybe that you saw that you didn't expect to see that was like, oh, wow, that was really cool? Gwen, can you help me out with that? Well, I thought I thought the scarlet tanager that came and we were on our last stop, and it came and landed within thirty feet of us. It was almost as though here I am, just to show myself to everybody, and it was just right there, right on a low branch in plain sight. So that was uh, that was my big thrill. That's true. I would have would have to. Well, did we see an indigo bunning too? We heard one. I don't think we, we heard did. an indigo bunning. Yes. How many people were involved in this, and how often do you do this survey? Well, this is the first time that the Bolton Land Trust has done it because Ruth has been urging me to do it. And 
we will do it again next year as long as Ruth is willing to come down from Massachusetts to do it. And um, I would hope to get more volunteers involved. And I think maybe that we, 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 we started um, small this time with um, just plotting out the route. I plotted out the route kind of informally. But I think next time um, I'll do it a little bit more thoughtfully and on a, probably on a different property because we hit some Route 6 noise, as you know, Wayne, that property um, borders Route 6 as well as the Hop River Trail. And so the Route 6 noise drowned out that when we stopped at that point, we couldn't hear birds very well. So I would pick a different property next year. And, and so I'm excited about doing it next year. Well, looking for volunteers, I'm sure there are some birders who perked up when they heard that. How do people get involved in these upcoming Bolton Breeding Bird Surveys? Well, they could go on the Bolton Land Trust website, just boltonlandtrust.org, and, and the president, Debbie Livingston's email address is on that, and they could just send her an email and say they're interested in being on the list for next year, and Debbie would get that uh, get the names to me. And uh, Ruth, apparently uh, you spotted a yellow-bellied sapsucker. A little unusual. Was that part of this survey, or was that another one? <laughs> no, no. Um, so there's really two kinds of, of uh, bird surveys that are that are commonly done. One one is a breeding bird survey, which which Gwen and I did. Um, uh, Audubon societies will also have a Christmas bird count. It's a, it's a tradition, and typically it's from I think. Uh, December 14th to January 5th. And how that works is you're assigned to an area near where you live and you count all the birds that are wintering there. Um, yeah, so a yellow-bellied yellow sapsucker was just a little north of our range. I was out doing a Christmas Christmas bird count. I think it was last year or the year before. Um, and um, we were towards the end of the day. And I was, there were two other people with me. I didn't know them all that well. So I called out, there's a yellow-bellied sapsucker. And they looked at me like, uh, does she know what she's talking about? But then I brought them over and I, um, and I showed them. So it's, 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 it's always exciting to see something that, that you don't expect. And of course, uh, many of these birds, the scarlet tanager and the yellow-bellied sapsucker, they're, they're, they're just beautiful birds. So just seeing them by themselves is, is quite a thrill. Now, this event was the Bolton Breeding Bird Survey. Don't all birds breed? Yes, that's a great point, Wayne. And in fact, that arguably breeding is the reason for their existence. Their whole life is uh, centered, centered around breeding. And it's, it's, it's not easy to, to breed well to get to the breeding grounds. Many of these birds will come from um, locally. Many will come from Central and South America. And they have to work so hard and expend so much energy um, and potentially die on the way to get up uh, to where to where they would normally breed. So, yes, that is absolutely the reason for living for birds is, um, is to breed. If a bird's alive, it's going to try and breed. Now, on your survey, did anybody spot or even hear a pileated woodpecker? I don't think we did. No. No. I love those things. That was actually the inspiration for Woody Woodpecker, the cartoon character. Yep, yep. Um, no, that's a that that's a great bird. It's one of my. I think it's one of a lot of people's favorites. I I know it's one of yours. Unfortunately, it's 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 a very very shy bird, which is why we don't we don't see it very often. Um, and one doesn't even hear it very often. And and as you said, since it was the inspiration for Woody Woodpecker, it's a pretty easy call to learn. 
So one thing I wanted to bring up briefly is that for people who are are learning birding, there's a great new feature now that's going to help a lot. It's an it's an app for your phone. It's called Merlin, and you turn it on. If you turn it on, I'm 65 years old. I figured out how to do it by myself. If you turn it on, it will tell you the birds that are singing or calling around you. Um, and that's a great way. That's a great way to learn birds. Because when I was learning birds, I would hear something, then I would look it up in a book, and I would think, does that sound like drink your tea? So, um, yeah, anybody who wants to get into birding, if they use the Merlin, the, the Merlin app, they're, they're off to a great head start. It's on my phone. And one thing I like about it is that maybe there's five birds at once that are calling, but it will highlight in yellow the one that is the most recent or the loudest one, which kind of lets you know which specific one that you are hearing. So you, you put your bird feeders up in the backyard or whatever, and you draw the goldfinch, which has been a little low this year. You've got the house finches. You've got various woodpeckers, including the, the, the red-bellied or maybe the northern flicker, people like that. Do those count in this breeding bird survey as well, the, the common bird feeder backyard birds? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I should, I, I, I should say that, that everyone who does something like this has an opportunity to participate in, in citizen science. The Cornell Laboratory of, of Ornithology, which is where mo- we get most of our information about birds, has something called eBird. And uh, people can, can put in information that they, that they see uh, involving their backyard birds. In fact, every year, I think in May, there's a, there's a, uh, backyard breeding survey. So you're supposed to count all the birds that you see at your feeder in the backyard and submit it. So um, we use this information just for us, just for the, the town of Bolton. But a lot of the information that we have about birds just comes from plain ordinary citizens doing things like like uh, Gwen and the Land Trust group did and submitting that, that information to eBird. And that has been just invaluable information a lot of that information was used to to determine things like we're losing 30 percent of our birds and a little off topic number here ruth you're a veterinary ophthalmologist in addition to your regular practice you've done pro bono surgeries on sea lions and seals for the boston mystic aquariums with some interesting stories let me tell me more about that (laughs) <laughs> it's it's very fun. So, so I am a uh, a veterinary ophthalmologist, as odd as that sounds, and I've always had an interest in in exotic animals. So, when I moved to um, the Boston area in the last millennium, actually, I contacted the aquarium and the zoo and said, "Hey, I'd like to come and help work with your animals." And I'm pretty cheap, in other words, free. So, it 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 worked out. Um, it's tremendous it's wonderful for me it's i learn a lot it's therapeutic they're great people um yeah and i get to work with animals like 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 seals and penguins so it's a it's it's a win-win love it and when you're doing the bolton breeding bird survey would you see owls would you see hawks do those birds count in the survey oh my gosh thank you for asking that question every everything counts hawks count owls count um Thank you for bringing up the owl thing. Um, uh, bird groups are very protective of, of owls. So what will happen sometimes if, if someone finds an owl nest uh, and posts it, then what happens is people will come during the day, they'll make a lot of noise, 
they'll try and get the owl's attention so they come out and they 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 can't sleep they 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 lose sleep so then they're not able to go out uh and and hunt effectively at night so with uh bird there's a lot of online bird groups and you're not allowed to post a picture of an owl on a bird group uh, and I think that's probably good advice for uh, for anyone who, who's out there is to not post a picture of an owl. But um, yes, we want to know. We want to know all all the the birds that are out there. So I do. I actually do grassland breeding bird surveys, specifically looking for birds like bobolinks and um, eastern meadowlark. So that that's that's my focus. Some people will do coastal bird surveys. Ours was. Um, uh, a, a woodland survey. So, yes, absolutely every bird in every location counts. And lastly, Gwen, let me get you involved in this. When you're running around in that area in the woods off the Hop River Trail, how do you protect yourself from ticks? Uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm just really lucky. I have not had one tick on me this entire year. And now now that i said that, I will probably be covered with them. But I, I don't... I. So I think certain people just attract them more, but I also don't just wander around through meadows very often. I usually stay on trails, and uh, when I get back in the house, I always look carefully to, to see if I've got any on me. And I don't, ha- I don't have a dog with me, so I don't have a, another magnet bringing in uh, ticks toward me. So I've just been super lucky. But there's also good products out there that have some beet in them, and I use that on, the, on my feet when I, before I go out, so... Uh, just the typical precautions that everybody can take. Always check yourself for ticks. That's Gwen Marion, who we had on the air a year or two ago, talking about that gigantic erratic boulder that's the size of a school bus right off the Hop River Trail near Steeles Crossing Road. And also joined by Ruth Marion as well, talking about the Bolton Breeding Bird Survey. People love their birds. Ruth, Gwen, thank you very much for joining me this morning. Thank you so much, Wayne. Thank you so much. That was tremendous fun. 14 WILI Willimantic, 95.3 FM.